Leo Mixon here. The New Orleans Mafia podcast will be returning in January, but I wanted to give you a preview of another podcast I'm hosting, also in January. I'm proud to introduce Morrison's Mustang, a vision quest to find the Blue Lady. When you name iconic bands of the 60s, the Doors are always on the list. The early death of their charismatic but tragically flawed lead singer Jim Morrison cemented them into legend. The early 70s they recorded perhaps their best known album, L.A. Woman. Uh, When you think of Doors hits, L.A. Woman, Riders on the Storm, Roadhouse Blues, those were all on that last album. And then Jim was just gone. He died in Paris of a possible overdose. Now there are a million stories about Jim Morrison, the sex and drug monster. This isn't one of them. Jim's substance abuse plays a small part in this story, but it's not the focus. Jim was a pretty complex guy, but he was also very, very young, and he possessed the mercurial emotions of the just barely adult. Material things didn't matter to Jim. He just didn't care about him, except for a very, very few things. His leather jeans, his concho belt, and the blue lady. I got interested in this story in 2004 after reading a book by rock biographer Stephen Davis. It's called uh, Jim Morrison Life Death Legend. I've been a car nut all my life. My earliest memories include lusting after a black 74 vet. I started working on cars as early as I could, and by the time I had my license, I knew my way around them pretty well. Later in life, when I decided to go full-time into the film and television industry, I used my vintage car background to make my day job the job of a picture car coordinator. Now, any car that's specified in a script um, is a character. It's treated like an actor, and that car has to be cast to play the role accurately. I mean, you can think of some of the more famous ones like the the Black Trans Am in Smokey and the Bandit or the Black Trans Am in Knight Rider. They're not all Black Trans Ams. There's the Eleanor Mustang from either of the Gone in 60 Seconds movies. So when you have a car that's in the script that way, your picture car coordinator finds the car, buys it or leases it, and makes sure it can play the role properly. Now later on, I owned a vintage car dealership and I still provided picture cars to other picture car coordinators and I ship classic cars all over the world. So it's safe to say when there's an interesting story about a car it's likely to catch my attention. So back to Jim Morrison. Jim's hair was a pretty big deal so he went to celebrity stylist Jay Sebring. Now You might recognize Sebring's name because a few years later in August of 1969 he would be one of the victims of the Manson family along with his close friend and former lover, Sharon Tate. But in 1967, he was alive and well and cutting hair for the stars, including Jim Morrison. Every now and then, something would speak to Jim, and it would become a permanent part of his world. But this was pretty rare. Now, Jay had a 66 Shelby GT350 Mustang. It was always parked out in front of the salon, and Jim would ask about it all the time. It was pretty clear he loved the car. Now, there's some disagreement about where Jim's car came from. 
Some say it was purchased for him as a gift from Electra Records exec Jack Holzman. But Holzman later said he didn't buy the car for Jim, and Jim probably bought it himself. But either way, in 1967, Jim took delivery of a night mist blue 67 Shelby GT500 Mustang. It was equipped with a dual four-barrel 428 Cobra Jet V8 and a four-speed manual. Jim named the car the Blue Lady. There's some very interesting uh, background to that name that we'll, we'll cover later. For the next two years, this car became a fixture around Hollywood. It may be parked in front of a roadhouse in one of the canyons with Jim sitting on the hood with a beer, or it could be at the curb in front of the psychedelic supermarket, or Barney's Beanery, or the phone booth strip club. Jim was given a rental on the road often, and he would just drive these rental cars till they ran out of fuel and abandon them on the roadside and hitchhike. Not the Mustang. Oh, he wrecked it plenty of times, but Jim would always get it repaired. Then sometime in the fall of 1969, the Blue Lady vanished. Forty years of dealing with vintage cars has shown me that cars can end up in some very strange places. I've watched a 67 Shelby come out of a storage container in the back of a VW Bug-only salvage yard. I've seen a 67 Mustang Fastback, which has the same body as Jim's car, cut in half and mounted as a sign on the side of a building. So I wondered if Jim's lost car could be located. What if it's someplace like that? What if it's in a collection and somebody doesn't know they own it? Or what if it's a sign on the side of a building? In 2006, along with my late wife and producing partner, I started research for a documentary film about searching for the car. I quickly discovered there's a small community of people that are searching for it. Uh, they're pretty active online. But as I researched and talked with many of the people in Jim's orbit, I found something very interesting. When I would approach these people to talk about Jim, they would immediately clam up. And then I would ask about the car. And you could see their eyes just brighten and they go, oh yeah, the car, the Mustang. Oh God, Jim loved that car. Yeah, let me tell you a story about it. And they would tell these amazing stories. Now, in listening to these, I discovered a story about the passions that drive an artist. And I also discovered people who go to great and expensive lengths to try to make themselves a part of this story when they're not part of it. I discovered a story that it just went so much deeper than I could have imagined. And over the years, I became one of the de facto experts on Jim's car. After my partner passed away in 2012, I thought I had retired. But Morrison's Mustang was always on the back burner. It was a story I couldn't let go. So in 2023, I'll be presenting the whole story as a limited podcast. All the research, all the stories, all the facts, and all the figures. I'll tell you about the claims of ownership and how they ended up. I'll give you more information in one place regarding this car than you will find anywhere else. The first episodes will be available in the New Orleans Mafia podcast feed and on its own feed. I hope you'll join me in a vision quest to find the Blue Lady.